This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Are you tired of spinning your wheels, running in circles, trying to make progress with your career in entertainment and the arts? Well, this is the podcast that will change your life. Each week, we'll share strategies and techniques you can use to achieve more by working better and more effectively so you can reach your goals faster without having to work harder. Hi, I'm Gordon Firemark, and this is More Better Faster. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode, and thank you so much for listening. And today is, uh, this episode is the first where we will be featuring an, featuring an interview on the show, so you get to hear somebody other than just me. And my guest on this episode is John Kenny. John is a transformational relationship coach from the United Kingdom. He's the author of The People Program, How to Overcome Your Blocks to Success. He helps people to identify, address, and overcome the things that they let get in their way so they can build strong, healthy relationships and achieve the kinds of successes they dream of. John, welcome to More Better Faster. Good, uh, hello, Gordon. How are you? Wonderful. Thanks for having. Uh, thanks for being with us and uh, and joining my us. My pleasure. The, thanks for having me on. Uh, my pleasure too. So I described you as an interpersonal relationship coach. Can you be a little mm. more specific? What does this mean? So interpersonal relationship coaching is a approaching uh, approach to coaching that I founded myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't figure out where my coaching kind of niche sat, um, so I founded my own one which uh, is a mix of my experiences uh, firstly as a counselor uh, and as a coach mm-hmm. then I've trained in NLP or neuro linguistic programming and hypnotherapy okay. so I've combined all of those together uh, and I use a unique approach with my clients in order to get them the results that they're looking for and what kinds of folks are your most typical ideal clients so mostly I speak to people that are stuck in life, have uh, recognized that there's something that's not quite fulfilling them, that they know that they could do more, but they're not sure what that more is or how to go about that. Um, they've generally reached a point in their life where they know things could be different, but they're not quite sure what the problem might be that's stopping them from uh, living the life that they want. Um, or they need help to kind of guide themselves forward. They might be aware of the issue, but they need someone to help them to move that forward. Okay, so one of the common misconceptions when I heard uh, interpersonal relationship coach was, oh, couples therapy, <laughs> but that's not right. Yes. Not right with you. Yeah, that's why I changed my, really, when I first started, I called myself a relationship coach. Mm-hmm. I do work with couples, but that had quite a tag to it, that when you say relationship coach, everybody assumes that you only work with couples or you just work with couples. So I tried to, because it's interpersonal, it's kind of, it's every relationship that you have, but the kind of the core relationship that you have is also the one that you have with yourself as well. Mm -hmm. So my uh, experience and kind of a technique and my approaches comes a lot from working on your inner self and how that impacts on how you do relationships, how you learn to relate as a child, how you see relationships and then how you then engage with them moving forwards. Okay. So when we talked uh, a week or so ago in pre-interview, you told mm-hmm. me a little bit about your 
family relationships as a child and mm. uh, how that sort of led you. Why don't you fill us in on that and share? Yeah, so I had quite uh, uh, a difficult upbringing, I'd say, for, for myself, that my parents carried around a lot of their own issues from their childhood. Uh, and therefore, I developed a sense of self based on the way that they were with me. And also, I learned how to do relationships. So I learned that relationships were very fragile, that I didn't really matter in relationships, and therefore I, I had to uh, acquiesce and fit into where the way my parents wanted me to be. Otherwise, the relationships just didn't function at all. Uh, and I kind of built my self-confidence and self-esteem around that. So I was very lacking in self-confidence and self-worth because I never got the encouragement, support. My parents weren't around very much and therefore developed this kind of very negative sense of self uh, to go with that very negative idea of what relationships were. Uh, and that kind of plagued me throughout my life. We'll talk a little bit more about the how that plagued you, because I know you had a mm. career in athletics, and that was mm. one area, but you also mentioned in your own personal relationships. Yeah, so um, I, I ended up in a, quite an abusive relationship, even at the early age of sort of my first relationship at school when I was about 13 or 14. I let, um, to please the woman there, I kind of just let her run rings around me all the time. Um, and she became quite abusive uh, emotionally. Uh, because I would just let her basically do what she wanted to do and I would keep crawling back all of the time. Um, as far as the athletics, or was it be track and field in the States? Um, I used to be a sprinter, so I used to run 100 and 200 metres, and I ran for Great Britain on several occasions. Uh, but every time I would uh, reach a certain level of success, I would then self-sabotage because my internal belief systems about myself were very much that I wasn't worth anything, I was never going to amount to anything. And every time I, I found success or was running really, really well, I would then sabotage by either going out with women or I would go out drinking, uh, I would get an injury, something would happen, uh, even so much so that I'd, when I was in events where I knew I could do really well I, I mean I, I had ideal sprinting conditions I'd be going down into the block singing songs in my head rather than focusing on the race uh, and I just wouldn't allow myself to be as successful as I could be well that's fascinating I think that's a very common um, malady among uh, high performers you know in any you know you, you get to a certain level of competence and then when the wind is at your back yeah. uh, things start to go wrong because of it can't yeah. be this easy, sort of. A- well, that's that's a great analogy, isn't it? Because quite literally, when the wind was at my back when I was sprinting, that's when I would have run my best times. But when I knew I was going to run a best, my best time, I could run a good time because the wind was on my back. I would run completely rubbish. <laughs> okay. Uh- <laughs> so what's the approach? How, how does one go about resolving this and moving past some of these kinds of issues? Yeah, so we all have a story. Um, and we all have a story that we tell ourselves. We all live in a world that's in our own heads. Um, and that's going to be dictated by what we believe, how we perceive certain things and the meanings that we give to certain uh, events, relationships, people, um, and, the, and the things that we say about ourselves. And most of the time we learn that as we grow up, um, unless we really uh, have some kind of traumatic event as we get older, Generally, our pattern of behaviours is set in childhood and then we grow up in, through adolescence. 
and then they play out over and over again in adulthood. Um, so the approach looks at your story is where you come from, what you may have learned as a child about yourself and uh, how, you, how you might uh, engage in relationships, why you avoid them, why you, what relationships that you choose to be in. And then understanding that helps you then to say, okay, now if I, this is maladaptive, this is unnecessary, this is stuff I'm carrying from my childhood, how do I now choose to do things in a different way? And then there are specific exercises that we can do in order to help you to kind of change those patterns that you formed and put new patterns in place. Okay. So uh, I don't want to ask you to give away the secret sauce, but that, that's sort of the framework is know yourself first and, and what you want and why. And, and then, yeah. So everything that you do revolves around your own sets of values and meanings and everything like that. So if you've got a certain way of seeing the world, you will keep following in that path until you decide to look at it differently or understand actually what it is that triggers you to, to do things in a certain way anyway. Um, so once you recognize that you can then start to instill new belief systems you can you can change your perceptions you can alter the meanings that you're carrying with you that might be holding you back or leading you to do things over and over again that you don't that aren't serving a positive purpose anymore well that sounds really easy but you know when it comes down to it how does one go about changing one's beliefs well, change is a consistent process. So if you want to form a new habit, it takes anywhere between 21 and I think it's 260-something days for you to create a new habit. But I, in general, if you do something consistently, it takes you about two to three months. Mm-hmm. Um, so change is about consistency. So the, the reason that these things happen is because you have created a, a physical neuron pathway within your brain And when specific things happen, that neuron pathway will fire off and it will lead you to behave in a certain way because this is what your brain is recognizing. So sort of like how a a river of water carves its way into the stone, these pathways get carved into our psyche? Yes, exactly. And they are a physical manifestation in your brain. If something happens that reminds you of something else, then your brain will say, what is this familiar to? What is my experience of this? it will fire off a, a neuron in your brain or a series of neurons in your brain, which will then lead you to carry out the kind of behaviors that you carry out. So what we need to do is make those redundant. They'll always be there because they are a fixture in your head. Mm-hmm. But what we need to try and do is create new ones. And uh, neuroplasticity, which is the way that your brain is uh, elastic and, and can reform new neurons all of the time, shows us that if we do something consistently enough, like driving a car, um, if you ever learned to drive a car, when you first got in there, you would concentrate on the brake, you would concentrate on the gears, you would concentrate on the clutch, where you were signaling, where you would manoeuvre to. Um, and then after a while, it becomes a subconscious process. And now sometimes I know that I drive somewhere and I don't even know I've got there because it's just a completely natural process. That's because I did it enough for it to form a, a link in my brain, which then becomes part of my subconscious. So I just know how to do it. And this is what we have from our childhood with those behaviours. And there are two significant reasons why they really get fixed in childhood. Uh, One is because we're born in survival mode. So our brain is just looking to survive. Mm -hmm. So it learns as much as it can in a short period of time to keep us alive. If we have painful experiences, our brain remembers those. 
and puts in coping mechanisms and guards in order for us not to not to experience those at such a hurtful level that we might have done as children. And then also our brain waves are in what's called theta wave, which is a slower brain wave, which is what we use when we use uh, meditation and hypnosis. We slow our brain waves down so information is absorbed more easily. So when you're a child, your brain is naturally in that state because you have to learn a lot of information. You have to learn it very quickly. So your brain's in a state where it absorbs things at a very deep and quick level. So that's why we carry a lot of stuff from our childhood, because not only have we learned it while we're trying to survive, we've also learned it when we're in a very learning state. So, uh, And we can change that. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. So, you know, the, the old saying is, of course, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Is that neuroplasticity mm. something that does decrease with age? And are there different strategies you would use with an older person rather than a younger no, your brain is always capable of learning new things. They used to think that your brain was fixed by the end of your teenage years. Mm. Um, but with the technology that enables, enables us to look at the brain now in quite a lot of detail, we can see that if we learn new things, it actually forms new parts in our brain. And you can do that until the day you die. Um, mm. I've had uh, clients that have been in their 80s um, that have you know it's taken them that long to come and talk to someone and then they've gone off and learn a new skill because they wanted to do something else mm-hmm. um, or they've then had a new relationship even at that age because they've had these uh maybe abusive or toxic relationships throughout their lives and they're like you know i'm, I'm going to die soon I'd, I'd like to have something healthy uh and they're able to change change their patterns um up until up until they're you know basically until your brain stops working no kidding. Wow. So what does working with you or someone like you, are there others in the field? You said you, you sort of carved this niche for yourself. Are there others doing this kind of work as well under the same label? Uh, not the, not exactly the way that I do it. I am actually looking to run a coaching or training program mm. starting from next year where I'm going to be looking to coach, train people in the interpersonal coaching style. Um, there are people out there that have similar experience to me and mm-hmm. qualifications, so they probably do use a lot of the techniques that I would use anyway. Um, but because I've also experienced the change, I went from somebody who lacked confidence, who yeah. uh, didn't think they were ever going to amount to anything, into you know, somebody that now has healthy relationships and wants to do the best for myself. So I've experienced the change and I've kind of taken the things that really worked for me and over the last 15 years has worked with my clients mm-hmm. and I try and focus a little bit more on those techniques that I know really do have the biggest impact um, and use those in my approach. Fantastic and working with you is a, uh, a weekly visit kind of a weekly session I should say with uh... yeah to start with usually because to figure out somebody's story that can usually take a couple of sessions maybe um, again, depending on how long people want to work with me and how long they want their sessions for. Um, but we can generally get a great idea of what the picture might be in the, in one session because it's just about finding out about what your story is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then spreading out because as coaching is, uh, it's a kind of, cause it's forward thinking. I, you, you're going to need space to go and implement your changes. Mm-hmm. Um, so generally to start where we start with weekly sessions and then as we move forward, we'll split, spread the sessions out a bit more to give people time to go away and implement things. Um, and another reason why I, I, I offer this approach is because I let, I have contact with my clients between sessions too. 
So um, I found that people were going away, say, on a Tuesday after a session and something would happen. They didn't have to wait maybe a week or two weeks before they brought it back into the session and then mm. the time had passed. We missed the opportunity to do something with that information. Um, so I offer my clients either email contact or oh, okay. a, quick, a quick phone call to just sort of say, okay, this has just happened. This is what's been triggered. What can we do about it? Um, and then we can actually keep the ball rolling and move forward. So I don't like to restrict my clients to just session time um, because sometimes it's it's really useful that um, we can uh, get on top of things immediately as soon as they crop up in their lives. Sure. So, so you are uh, based in, in England, uh, but do you work with mm-hmm. folks all over? Yeah. So I've got actually, my furthest client is Australia. Mm. So I've got a client in Australia. They were in the UK when we first met, but okay. they moved to Australia. <laughs> um, but I have spoken to a few people. I've got a few people that I speak to on Facebook uh, that are in the States and um, they're kind of thinking about whether they're going to be uh, signing up to do some coaching together because I've got a few followers on my Facebook page from a, mm-hmm. from across the pond. So, okay. Well, well since um, you mentioned it, tell us what is your Facebook page? Uh, so it's just John Kenny coaching. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the audience of this show or the thrust of this show is uh, how to achieve more, better, faster, mainly targeted at, mm. at success in the show business fields, entertainment mm. and media. Uh, is there a big takeaway you can give something, a big tip or, or something that you can advise our listeners? Yeah. So I've obviously have not been in the uh, entertainment business, but being an athlete um, yeah. and having that kind of pressure and wanting to kind of push myself forward as far as possible. Um, the one thing that would have made a massive difference to me back then was that self-belief. Um, it was my lack of self-belief that, um, stopped me from moving forward. So to understand the relationship you have with yourself, I think is massively important. Mm-hmm. Um, that will take a little bit of time. So that's not really a nugget to take away today. Um, but one thing that r- seems to help, so I run some workshops as well around the UK. And one thing that people seem to take as their biggest takeaway is never take anything personally. Fantastic. Because nothing is ever personal. I will be a nice guy if it suits my needs to be a nice guy. Mm-hmm. And, and I will be a horrible guy if it suits my needs to be a horrible guy. And, and you might be the focus of that attention, but it's all about me. And if, and if you are on the end of something that I do, it's because I'm trying to achieve something from doing it. So if I can take myself out of that and go, okay, I need to know why John is behaving in this way or why this is the case, then I never have to take anything personally ever again. Although that behavior might be aimed in my direction, I don't have to allow it to be part of myself. Um, So especially when you're in the entertainment industry, there are lots of examples where you could get knockbacks. You could Mm -hmm. find that your confidence is wavering because things might not be going your way. And to have that belief in yourself that you can achieve and that sometimes circumstances just are just not quite right for you and people will not be not be uh, dismissing you personally, but you just might not fit with what they want. Um, you can, and this, I guess, in the entertainment industry is going to be, you can wear the mask to try and fit in with what people want you to be because that's the role that you're, you might want to play. 
um, but also to be happy with doing that, but be your congruent and natural self as much as you possibly can. And then the right things will come and fall into place. So really that authenticity and getting in touch with who you are, what you want and why, and, and what your backstory is, is really important. Yeah. I think that's really important. What you just said there is to know your why is also massively important. Mm-hmm. Why are you doing what you're doing? What are you trying to achieve? What does it mean to you? Um, and uh, where are you? Are you in the right space to be able to do to achieve that? Great. So your book is called The People Program, How to Overcome mm-hmm. Your Blocks to Success. And I'll, I'll tell you, I, I went and searched on Amazon and it wasn't until I searched with your name also that it came up because the people is uh, uh, punctuated with periods after each letter. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. If anyone asked me how to find my book, I just say put John Kenny in and it'll come up somewhere. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a great read and, and I enjoyed it Thanks. immensely and I recommend it to the listeners. So it's Thanks. available on Amazon. It's available in most of the major booksellers. Mm, yeah, so it's definitely available on Amazon in the US. Um, I think there is a couple of other online bookstores you can get it from great. as well. Okay, great. And tell us about the documentary that you have coming soon. Yeah, so um, I was approached by a documentary team earlier this year. Um, they, I spoke to them at a well-being show, and they were really interested in what I was doing. So we've uh, filmed a documentary, which is due out on Amazon uh, Amazon have got it now. We're just waiting for them to give us a release date. Okay. And it's called Forget Me Not, uh, The Child That You Left Behind. And it is about how we learn to conform as kids. When our parents are behaving in a certain way or uh, our peers or whatever might be are behaving in a certain way and we don't feel like parts of our personality fit. Um, so what parts of ourselves we actually leave behind. So for those of us that drink, the the side that comes out when we're when we're a little bit drunk perhaps um is very can be that part of our subconscious self that we're not comfortable with like if we become more overt or we'd be dance might dance in public which we wouldn't generally do when we were sober um parts of our personality that we don't accept so to be able to bring those all of our constituent parts together to make us a whole person to feel authentic to feel congruent within ourselves and to be fully accepting of who we are and to bring those parts of our child self that we kind of put to one side because they didn't fit into our environment as we grew up and to allow ourselves to feel whole again. Um, because, you know, a lot of people that I work with, including myself, uh, felt there was always something missing and I, there were parts of me that I didn't accept. Um, there were parts of me that I wouldn't let to be, weren't allowed to be seen. And it was only when I found out what those parts were I was told to stop messing about when I was a kid, stop being stupid. Um, so therefore the outside kind of gregarious, happy sort of child that would start to mess about and play about was always told they weren't accepted. So then I stopped accepting that part of myself as well. And therefore when I would stand out or be part of it, you know, people would, and I would be center of attention. I would feel very self-conscious. I wouldn't want to be seen. I wouldn't want to mess about. I wouldn't want to play. Uh, I wouldn't want to be silly because I was told as a child that that didn't work. Mm. Um, but if there was parts of me inside of me that was going, no, be silly, just mess about, be stupid, you know. Um, but I wouldn't allow that because uh, because I didn't think it was, would fit anymore. So it's interesting, and, I, and that's very powerful. I think that so many of the uh, the inhibitions that we experience, whether it's with our creativity or our flamboyance or or whatever we, we may be inhibited about that, that are the things that we start to expose when we uh, 
consume alcohol or drugs that lowers those inhibitions. Mm -hmm. Those really are the pathways that we talked about that get carved in youth and based on the experiences and the belief. And as that rain has to find a, a, the fastest way away. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, because when we drink and we, we, we bypass, it kind of numbs the part of our brain that keep, gives us our sense of values and morals. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and that bit gets numbed. It's your prefrontal cortex. That's where we keep our, uh, this is how you're allowed to behave and how you're not, your shoulds and your shouldn'ts. Mm-hmm. Um, and that gets bypassed. So we have that freedom to express ourselves in a, in a more fuller way when, when that's been switched off. And that's what we need to try and bypass on a day-to-day basis is why am I not allowing myself to do this? Why am I not accepting this part of myself and just bring those bits of ourselves out and allow them to be seen? Mm, fantastic. Well, thank you for all the, the work you're doing to put these messages out there into the world. So the, the film is called forget me not. It'll be coming out. You say on Amazon soon, but we don't know quite when. Yeah. No, we're just waiting for them to give us a release date. Well, I, th- I think we all ought to just put a, a program to search into Amazon for your name so we can also find <laughs> that and the book, The People mm. Program, How to Overcome mm. Your Blocks to Success. And John, how else can folks find you and reach you? You, you mentioned the Facebook page. Is there a, a best way to get a hold of you and learn more? Yeah, so if you want to know more about me, then you can always visit my website. I've got quite a lot of information, articles, blogs, and bits and pieces on there, and that's uh, www johnkennycoaching.com and that's k-e-n-n-y right it is yes coaching.com okay and um, I'm on all social media everywhere so I'm on LinkedIn as John Kenny um, Instagram John Kenny Coaching Twitter John Kenny Coaching is, is, I'm kind of kind of everywhere <laughs> <laughs> you have to be these days that's the way it works you do, indeed. You do. <laughs> well listen thank you so much for taking your time out of your busy schedule to join us on this episode of more better faster thank you for having me it's been a great pleasure all right and for you listeners join us again next time on another episode of more better faster 